first service, and welcome to our online campus. I, uh, man, what a wonderful group we have here this morning, and what a wonderful time of, of worship we were able to experience right now. I, I want to start out by, um, with two quick announcements, but I want to preface the first one with um, yesterday we had a, a really big memorial service here at the Oracle campus, and it was, it was filled to capacity. We had every, every chair that we own in the sanctuary, and uh, there were a lot of people here, and a lot of people um, have never been in a, in a church service. I'm finding out more and more that uh, our, our country is very post-Christian, and, uh, and so you, there's people that have never been in a church service. They've never heard the gospel. And uh, the family of the, of the deceased, uh, they're from the Copper Corridor, they're from, they're from the Hayden area, and they wanted to have the service here at this campus. And so it was filled, I'm, I'm not kidding you, to the, from, the, from the first row to the back row with, with people from the Copper Corridor, from, from the Hayden area. And, uh, and so the Lord just led a beautiful, beautiful service that honored the, the, the person who, who passed away, but also honored the one who gave him life. And he was a follower of Christ. And so um, during the service, the Lord just prompted me, as he does many times, to have an invitation or someone that might want to receive Jesus. And, and 28 people raised their hands to receive Jesus. Now, I had never done this before. So what I did is I had the family, which there was about three rows of reserved seats for the immediate family. Uh, they're Hispanic, by the way, so you know Mexicans populate, just so you guys know that. But there were, there were three uh, rows of, of, of Mexican, of the immediate family, and I said, I want you guys to stand up and look behind you and look at everybody with their hands raised up, receiving Jesus as Savior. So uh, your, your dad's not taking anything with him that he ever bought or possessed here in this world, but he's taking a lot of souls to heaven with him. So that's a beautiful thing. Amen. That's a wonderful testimony of what God can do. The reason I'm saying that is because uh, we have this campaign called R1K, Reach 1,000 People, and we are investing uh, our, our prayers. We're investing our, our, our serving. We're investing our monetary blessings to make this uh, possible. And, and without Jesus, it's not going to happen. Amen. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not going to happen. So I wanted to update you. And I'm so glad that we're at the end of January because I, I can stop saying we're in the R1K campaign, even though I'm excited about it. But I want to give you an update of where we're at as of today. Um, uh, so we are, we, our goal was 100000 to raise, and we are at 99168 I believe, and so we, we, thank, we thank Jesus for his favor and for his blessings. Um, the other thing that I want to touch on real quick is after second service, we will have what we call Sunday Fun Day, and uh, it's just a great time. We're going to have the, 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 the bouncy house out, and we're going to have all kinds of food for families. Um, we really want to uh, have an environment where families can come and enjoy the blessings of God. Amen. Amen. And so that's part of that. So second service, if you want to come back, uh, we would love for you to, to do so. 
So we have been uh, in a series uh, coinciding with our 21 days of prayer. And we, we started the year with 21 days of seeking the Lord and praying different focuses, uh, believing that he is the answer to the dilemma that we have in life. The first dilemma that we have is that we all fall short of the glory of God. We, we, are, we are all sinners, amen? And so we need Jesus in our life, and, and so that's vital right there. And I'll talk about our position a little bit later in the message. Um, but we also, um, we, we pray because there's, there's focal points. We, we, we need Jesus to be the head of our country. We need God to, to be the focal point of, of, of this great country we call the United States of America. And God called us to be, to be salt, right? You're the, you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. So we should be shining bright and we should be bringing some uh, preservation, some flavor to, to this world. But prayer is where it all starts. And so we've been praying for, for what, the, the things that are going on around us. Uh, my heart is broken from what I heard. I haven't even seen it, but from what I heard, uh, I believe in Memphis, uh, the, the situation there. My, my son-in-law is a state trooper, is a state police officer in, in New Mexico. And so they're on high alert. You know, there's a lot of things going on because of, of all the ugliness in this, in the, not only in the United States, but in this world. And so we default to what as Christians? We default to God. We default to his ways. We ask him, Lord, guide us, direct us, teach us. And so we've been praying um, the, the, what people call the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's actually how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So I would really say that's a disciple's prayer. We should, we should pray like this, right? And, and he, taught a, he taught them, which in turn is teaching us, that, uh, that this prayer is vital to us. But how many of you know that it's wonderful when a, whenever a child prays? Huh? In fact, Jesus said, when you come to me, come to me as a child, for such is the kingdom of God. And he said, don't keep children away from me. So here at Living Word Chapel, we don't want to keep children away. And so I was talking to some very proud grandparents the other day, and they were showing me this video of their granddaughter. And uh, in that video, they, she's praying this, this, the Lord's Prayer. And I looked at it, and I, my heart was just stirred. I said, we need to show that on Sunday. We need to show that. So let's cue that up real quick. Because this, this is the way we should be praying right here. Look. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Our Father. Our Father, my kingdom come, I will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. All right. Randy and Linda, I'm so blessed by that. And I ask the Lord all the, light, all the time not to lead me into temptation. <laughs> so, so that prayer is, is, is so important to us. Just, just think about it. Think about how, how that dear uh, little girl prayed that prayer and, 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 and how it just affects us when you really understand what you're saying. You know, the relational part, our Father. 
We go to God as Father. That changes everything. Amen? I don't know about you, but my kids can come to me with any problem they're facing. As their dad, I, I love them right where they're at. And I'm very much imperfect. The, the, the God that we serve is a perfect God, and we can call him Father. And so we understand it's relational. The second thing is that what? It's, it's what? Directional. He's in heaven. He's over everything. There's nothing that, that we face that's bigger than God. And I don't know about you, but I need that for today. Because I'm facing some things in my life that are pretty big. But they're not bigger than God. Can you say that about your life right now? That you're facing some things that are bigger than you. They're not bigger than God. And it's positional as well. Hallowed is your name. Holy is your name. So we serve a holy God. I love this. I love this because he's holy, he's perfect, he's righteous, he's good in everything he does. He has no drama in his life. Amen? He's not an imperfect God that has a lot of problems. We're the ones with the problems. We are the ones with the drama in our lives. Well, not first service. Second service has a drama, right? But we, we've, we've got all these things that we're, that we're facing, and we can go to a God who's perfect, and then we, we, we understand, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let's just kind of re- re- revisit that, your kingdom come. You have got to let God establish his kingdom in your life because you building your own kingdom will never, ever avail what you need for it to do. Your will be done. Here in Oracle, as it is in heaven, in, in, in heaven, they sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Worthy is his name. And guess what we did this morning? Because we said, your will be done. Your, we said, holy is the Lord. We sang praises to his name. Amen? Amen. When, when you're worshiping God, when you're singing to him, you're saying, holy is, him, is his name. You exalt him to the highest part of your life. You allow for his will to be done. And have you noticed that God's will being done in our life doesn't always feel good, but it always is good. Jesus went to the cross at Calvary and it did not feel good, but it was good because it atoned for the sins of mankind. It made it possible for every person, no matter what your walk of life is, no matter what your social class, no matter what sin you have committed, the, 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 the ground at the cross at Calvary is level for everyone to come and find the mercy and grace of, of God. And so we, we submit ourselves to his will. And then every day we say, give to us, we, 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 uh, we understand God is our provider. Give us, provide for us. Give us also represents grace, amen? You didn't earn it. How many of you just took a breath? That's a gift from God. Raise your hand real quick. Raise your left hand with me. That's a gift from God. Amen? God continually gives to us this day what we, God provides for us daily, amen? And he wants us for every day for us to be just trusting him for, for today, not for next week. Don't worry about next week. Don't even worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries for you. And so you trust him for whatever you're facing at this moment. 
And it simplifies your life. And you say, Lord God, thank you for giving me this day what you're giving me. And then he says, for, for providing for me bread. Think about that. Provision. Everything that we have is, is from God. My family's a gift from God. My wife is a gift from God. My home is a gift from God. This jacket is a gift from God. These shoes are a gift from God. And my son Jacob. God used Jacob to buy these shoes and say, Dad, do you want them? And I said, of course. You know me, son. I love freebies. But then we come to think about this. You have to build on each part. And, and you can take hours just in each prayer, each verse by verse. And then we come to the biggest one. I think the climax and he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive me my sins, Father, as I forgive those who have sinned against me. That is the biggest prayer that you can initiate and own in your life. That's more than words. It's a lifestyle. Because until you get to that place where you own it, you'll never turn the page in the book of your life. So many people are stuck in unforgiveness and bitterness. So many people are stuck in the narrative of, of who they've been in the past. Your past does not define you. Your faith in Jesus Christ defines you and you're new in Christ. It's a game changer. And you've got to understand the forgiveness of God. You have to understand. You have to appropriate that in your life. And then you have to move into the next part and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's an evil one that wants to destroy your life. Amen? And he wants to use unforgiveness to keep you bound. He wants to keep you from all the great things that God has for you. You see, Jesus has provided for you to live a life in freedom, and that freedom comes through forgiveness. And as a Christian, that's who we are. As a Christian, that's what's provided to us through the cross. It's a forgiveness of God so that we can offer that forgiveness to others so we're not bound to hatred and bitterness and strife and all the things that unforgiveness brings into our lives. I just want to say this because I believe that there's someone either watching online or someone that's sitting here in this service that God wants to set you free today. God doesn't want for that situation that happened to you in your life, that person that hurt you in your life, 
to keep you bound from moving forward. The things that you've done in your life. And so, so I've got three, uh, I'm going to call them needs, that Jesus provides that enable us to find freedom in and through God's forgiveness. And the first need is this. I, I, Pastor James Reese, I need his forgiveness. I live with myself. I walk with myself. I hear myself talk. I know I need the forgiveness of God. Jesus said, pray like this, forgive us our sins. And it teaches me that, uh, that I and me and myself need the forgiveness of Christ. You want to know why? Because walking in God's forgiveness is always better than walking in my shame and condemnation. And every time that we do something that, that, that goes against the grain of, of what God is calling us to do, it will bring shame and it will bring condemnation. And the only way that we can be free is through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so I need the cross of Jesus Christ before I got sin. Thank God that it was there before. Thank God that it's there for me in my present and thank the Lord that it's there in my future. Amen. There's a lot of people who live a self-condemned life. You, you, don't even, you don't even have to have others condemn you. You're doing a pretty good job of that yourself. You, you feel you're not worthy. You, you feel you're not adequate. You feel shameful. And maybe your actions point to your shame and you feel like you're not good enough. And I want to give you a biblical response to each one of those. Lie, 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 because you are worthy. If you weren't worthy, Jesus would not have come for you. You're not shameful. Because Jesus went to the cross and he became your guilt offering. You are. You are good enough, not in yourself, but you're very good in Jesus. And all of the bad stuff that we were is who we were. And we're walking into the newness that Jesus provides for us through Calvary. You know, Jesus instructs us to pray like this because there's freedom from our sins when we confess them. You'll never resist sin until you confess it first. Whatever you're in right now, whatever that you're, that you're struggling with, let me tell you that there is freedom through Jesus. The, the Apostle John, in, in 1 John, he put it like this, 1 John um, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. I love it. John writing, he says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. So this came straight from the, from the, from the lips of our Lord, right? 
God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. So let's pause right there. What, what, what the Apostle John is saying is that when we walk with Jesus, there's a whole different narrative in our lives. That we were once darkness, but God transferred us from that domain of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of God's beloved son. Colossians teaches us that. So you're a new person. And then he goes on and he says this, um, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we're not sinners anymore. We're saints. We've been transferred over here. We're saints who sometimes sin. And if we say we don't have sin, then we become a liar again. Amen? Amen. But we're, sin, we're, we're, we're saints because God has redeemed us. Amen? I want you to look at every letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, all the letters in the New Testament, they always wrote to the saints who were in Colossae, who were in Ephesus, who were in different places. You know why? Because they were redeemed. And then he says, this is what you guys are doing wrong. Change it. Amen? Let's, let's keep on reading real quick. So he says... Uh, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, that's beautiful. Who do you confess your sins to? To God. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Someone say amen. amen. That's a beautiful thing. That if I confess my sin, maybe that, that sin was making me a wicked person, but if I confess it to God, he's going to cleanse me from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And so it teaches me the importance of self-confession, continuous self-confession to God. That I can come to God with whatever I'm struggling with and that he's there with a loving heart, wanting to take all of that shame from me and restore me. See, God doesn't want to hit you over the head with a sledgehammer saying, look at how bad you are for what you've done. That sledgehammer went on his son at Calvary. Jesus took what we should have taken so that we could have the grace that we need. There's no mistake. There's no sin that you've committed that's bigger than the cross of Jesus Christ. In that same lens, there's nothing good that you could ever do that will make up for all the wrong and all the sins that we commit continually in our lives. As someone says, once said it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a great day. I'm having a, even a perfect day. But now I got to get out of bed in the morning and... It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Moses, talking to the children of Israel, he said this. He said, your sin will find you out. And here's what I've come to find out that um, in life is that you're either, you're either going to confess, confess your sin or you're going to get caught and have to deal with it from that standpoint. And the former is better than the latter. Amen? But the latter can be used by God as well. 
Hear me now. The ladder can be used by God as well. So, so here's my question to you, beloved. Which one will you live out individually? Every person who's watching and every person sitting here today is living with one of those choices. Which, which will we live out? Will we live, allowed, uh, uh, live out uh, uh, a life where we're very prompt to confess our sins to God? Or we, will we live a life where we will hide our sin and eventually it will build up in our lives and one day try to destroy us? I was talking to an individual who I love greatly and in our conversation I said, I said I would rather be embarrassed for doing the right thing than to be caught and exposed and be embarrassed for doing the wrong thing. Because we all mess up. Are you with me? There, there's not a person that can, that can sit here today that, 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 can, that will ever be able to say that we haven't messed up in one way or another in life. And this individual that I was talking to was struggling with substance abuse. And I said to, to him... Um, I said, I would rather go to rehab and be embarrassed and people say he went to rehab because you'll change your life for good than for you one day to be pulled over on the side of the road with a DWI, a DWI, or do something that's going to devastate your personal life and the people around you. Because sin doesn't only affect us. I wish it did. It affects everybody. Everyone that, that is a family member who cares about that person that's engulfed in some sin is also hurting because of it. And so I would, I would say to you, if you're, if you're here, and if there's something that you're living in, that today's the day that you get rid of it. Today, the day that you give it to God because he's bigger than that sin. He's bigger than that, that addiction. He's bigger than that, that problem that you're, that you're facing with that. And through the cross of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will overcome. I, I thought about this, and, 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 I, and I wrote some things down which I think are pretty important for me to, to say because I believe they're Holy Spirit-inspired. If we say that, uh, that, that we have no sins, we make God a liar. And the reality is when we say we have no sin, we are the ones who are lying. Because if you think about it, not only do, do, do we sin, but we were born from sinners. As good as my parents were, as good as Juan, John, and, and Isela Reese were, and they were wonderful parents, can I tell you that they, they sinned? And, and how do I know that? I lived with them. And, and before John and, 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 and Cello, there, there was my, my grandparents, and on both sides, you know, with Andres Valenzuela and, and Emilia, uh, or it was uh, uh, Pete and, and Aurora Reese, uh, they, they were sinners. And, and you can go to my great-grandparents and then go on to the great-great-grandparents. And you can go on and on in my lineage and everyone's lineage all the way to Adam and Eve. We're born of sinners. 
and we sin. And that's why there's a remedy in the cross. That's why we're here. The reason that we're here sitting down is because we all fall short of the glory of God. And we need freedom from that. And the only freedom that you'll find for that and from that is at Calvary. And his name is Jesus Christ. In fact, I think that sin rattled heaven. Sin rattled heaven. And God said, I need to do something about it. God, being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, something needs to be done. The Father, you know, in, in, in my kind of looking at Scripture, I see the Father saying, Son, it's, we need to do something about it. And the Son said, I'll go. I'll go, and, and, and Jesus didn't have to come. You need to understand that. He came voluntarily. No one can take the life of God. He gave it so that you could have forgiveness, perfect forgiveness, complete forgiveness. It's not partial. It's not like when you're you know, washing your windows with a, with a, with a not real good uh, window cleaner, and you're like, and you're like, good. Man, that's smudging. You can't get it out, right? That's, that's not how God provides forgiveness. It's complete. And so he came, and he was born of a, of a virgin, and, and, and all of these things miraculous. But Jesus said this in John 10, verse 18. It's so important for us to grab a hold of. He said, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded and I'm submitted to the father's will. And in our prayers, hear me now, beloved, hear me now, hear me. For those of you that, that you, you just, because of your, because of your, um, our, um, Sometimes we get in a place where we're insecure. And in our insecurity, we sometimes will look down on people. We'll talk about people instead of uplifting people. And, and that's all insecurity right there. That's all, that all has to do with, with not having a, a proper identity in your life. And you look down on people. We should never look down on people because we're just like everybody else. Pastor, but you don't understand. Uh, you're brown. Yes, I am. But I bleed red. I'm white, uh, you know, I got um, some people that are Asian and, you know, they call them a different color and, and then we've got African-Americans, they call them a different color. That's irrelevant to God. We bleed the same blood. Maybe that's why the blood of Christ had to cleanse us from our unrighteousness, amen? And, and someone in here today, you need, to, you need to give that to God. You need to forgive yourself if you're here and, and you have been walking in condemnation, you've been walking in shame, that's not from God. And you can give it to him today. And the, and the second thing, this is important because you have to do that first for you to go move into the second thing because they're hinged together. The second thing, I need to forgive others. Jesus said, pray like this. As we have forgiven those who sin against us, In my flesh, 
in, in, my, in my humanity, I don't want to forgive anybody. But in Christ, I know I need to. There, there's a need in my life to extend the same forgiveness to others that was extended to me through the cross of Jesus. It, it's not to excuse their sin. It, it's not to deny the pain. It's to be free from what their sin and its pain is doing to me right now. God will heal my pain. He has. God will deal with her sin a lot better than I could ever deal with it. God is omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's always everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's got all the power that he needs to transform a situation in a life. But let me tell you, it will never happen without you releasing them to God. Pastor James, I can't let them off my hook. You don't understand what they did for me. I can't let them off the hook. Let me tell you, as long as you have them on your hook, you're hooked to the pain and to the situation. But you release that. You, give, you take the hook out and you bring it back by forgiveness and you give them to God. God will do a lot better job than you could ever do. You see, not only does the cross of Jesus save me, the cross of Jesus sets me free. And as long as you're holding on to unforgiveness for, for what somebody has done, I don't, I don't care what they've done to you, as long as you're holding on to that unforgiveness, you will never turn the page of the narrative of your life. You'll be stuck. You'll be, everything that you do in the present, everything that you're doing is always going to revert you back to there. You'll never be able to get to that place where God wants to take you until you, you allow God to forgive you and you extend that same forgiveness to others that have hurt you. Why do you think that some of the last words that Jesus ever, ever voiced on his earthly life were on the cross. And the people that spit on him, people that pulled his beard out, people that beat him, and they mocked him as he's on the cross, and on the cross he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And my Savior and my Lord teaches me that I can voice things to him and I can say, Lord God, I don't know, you know, why they did it, Lord. I don't know, you know, why they talked about me. I don't know why they hurt my family. I don't know this and that. But forgive them, Lord, with that same forgiveness that came through your cross and set me free in the process. Free me from the resentment. Free me from the pain. Free me from being stuck, from the bitterness. Free me from being stuck, from, from not being able to move forward, from, from thinking about this continuously, reverting back to it. Well, remember when they did this? 
If they wouldn't have done this, I would be different in my life. Can I tell you, whether they did that or not, you need the forgiveness of Jesus. You need it. And you need it for yourself in that way that you receive it for yourself. You need to give it to others. Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, he put it like this. He said, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, let me tell you something. Unforgiveness and strife, are, you will have these, 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 this fruit. You'll have bitterness in your life. You'll have rage. You'll have anger. You'll have harsh words. You'll slander. You'll talk about people all the time, as well as all types of evil behavior. All of these things come in this, in this, in this stance of unforgiveness. Because as your heart gets bitter, as your heart becomes more unforgiving, your heart cannot receive the love of God. You'll push God away. You'll blame God for what you're going through. You'll push the only remedy for you. You'll push the cross away. And that's a cross that we need. And that cross that we need changes our lives so that we can change the lives of people around us. Because if you don't deal with it, your kids are going to live in that as well. And they will learn that. They will learn to talk about other people. They will learn to hate other people. They will learn to live in the attributes of the flesh instead of walking in the spirit of the living God. Which is the only thing that will change your life. You can't change people, but you can change yourself through the power of God. And the power of forgiveness. Your biggest detriment in this life will be initiated by you choosing not to forgive others. And there's an enemy that does a really good job working in your life to usher in unforgiveness. Here's the third need. I need... God's help to overcome the enemies in my life. Only God can overcome the power of the devil. That's why Jesus called him the strong man. Someone stronger than the strong man is here. And, and, and Jesus taught us, he said, you know, there's temptation that we're all going to face. And the tempter is behind it. How did Jesus know that? He went for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness and the devil came in and tempted him. And Jesus overcame the enemy. And remember, beloved, you're in Christ. So outside of Christ, you cannot overcome the devil. But let me tell you, in Christ you can. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He said, when you're praying, say, don't let us yield to temptation. I love the way the NLT puts it. Don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
The literal says, don't lead me into temptation. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And all the evil that the, that the devil wants to produce. How, how many of you know that temptations don't stop? There, there's someone right, someone right here at this moment. You're being tempted. Some people are being tempted to have an affair. There, there's someone being tempted right now to lie and cover something up. There, there's someone right now at this moment tempted to look at things that will corrupt their soul. There, there's someone right now at this moment and your talk with others is hurting somebody else's character. There, there is one enemy, but he uses his entourage to trip us up daily. And the enemy will use temptation to have you move beyond it. Temptation isn't a, isn't a sin, but when you move beyond temptation, it will trip you up because you fall into sin. And when sin enters our life, it can be a ripple or it can be a wave. It could be a wave or it could be a tsunami. And so Jesus teaches me to pray, and, and he teaches me to pray in, in, in this manner, and, and it's something like this. Is, Don't let me yield to the temptation of stealing something that is not mine, Lord, because if I do, I will hurt the person that it belongs to, and I'll cause them to have bitterness and unforgiveness. Don't, don't, Lord, don't let my anger get the best of me and lead me to hurt and even, God forbid, kill someone. Because the family will be devastated and will harbor bitterness and unforgiveness. Do you see how they go hand in hand? Don't, don't, don't let my tongue, Lord, be loose and say things that I can't take back because I will talk about people and possibly slander them. And this will cause me to hurt them and they will become bitter. Lord, don't, don't let me get emotionally attracted to someone of the opposite sex. And I even put this, or, 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 or the same sex when I'm married because I may, in my weakness, move into an affair and commit adultery. Because let me tell you that the devil doesn't stop with gender. You see that right now, what's going on. Because if I do, I will hurt so many people and they will become bitter, maybe toward you, but especially toward me. And each one of these need to be confessed before they destroy you or your family. And who's behind each one of them? The enemy of your soul. And my sin has the potential to cause someone else some horrible heartache. Just like someone else's sin has been able and had the power to produce horrible heartache in my own life. And so the enemy is scheming and he's making plans to trip you up so that he can destroy lives, he can destroy families, he can destroy communities, and he can destroy countries. Who do you think is behind taking God out of our schools? Who do you think is behind taking God out of our country? Trying to take it out of our currency. Who do you think is behind that? It's the enemy. Where we have no God, there is no power. But where, is, where Jesus is, there's a lot of power. 
The apostle Paul writing to uh, the church in Ephesus, he put it like this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on, the, the, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But who is the remedy? Jesus Christ and the cross. And you living a life where you confess your sins quickly. Don't wait. Confess them quickly. And you resist the power uh, you, 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 you resist sin through the power of the Holy Spirit and you allow for God to move in you and through you and you extend that forgiveness to others that have hurt you and you release them and give them to God because he will do a better job than you will. He will take them there. He, that, that right there transforms our lives. The cross of Jesus transformed my life. I was bound my family had crises. My family had failures that affected every single one of us brothers. And when that happened, it bound us. And we, I had no trust. Who was behind that? You could say, well, your parents, or you could say your uncle, or you could say this. Who was behind that? The enemy. Because when God restored my life, because all of that, led me to rebellion. All of that led me to walk away from the purposes of God. All of that hurt, all of that pain produced unforgiveness until Jesus saved me. Until Jesus cleansed me. Until Jesus forgave me. And I was able to extend that same forgiveness to the people that had hurt me and had hurt my family. And I'll never forget leading some of my family members, not only to Jesus, but to forgiveness. And the tears that were shed and the healing that was, that was there and the cleansing that took place can only come through God Almighty. And we need the healing of God in our lives. But let me tell you something, beloved. This is vital for you to understand. That it doesn't start with them. It starts with you. It doesn't start with, they need to change, they need to do this. When they come to me, no, 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 it doesn't start there. If you wait for that to happen, that cancer that's in your heart, that cancer that's in your soul, that cancer of what they've done to you keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and growing until it destroys your life. So there's this card. There's this card that I want you guys, to, everybody to pick up. This card is very important. Everyone should have got a card. Everyone should have got a card. And on this card, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful card. Because what it is, is it's going gonna, it's gonna to teach us the truth of God's word. And it says right there, living in the freedom of forgiveness. And I think every person has a situation. Every person has something that has happened that you need to be free from. 
You may be holding on to some bitterness. You may be holding on to some strife. And, 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 and let, me, let me read through this. And if you're, if you're home right now, uh, you're watching, and, and maybe the Lord's moving in your heart, and, 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 you, and you're, you're, you're stuck. You can't turn the page. Today, God's going to help you turn the page. I'm going to read through this, and you can just follow along with us right now. But it says right there, uh, it's, it's a prayer that we pray. And let me tell you, when, when Sean and I came to Jesus, we had a lot of baggage. We had a lot of stuff. We had done so many things, not only to, 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 to ourselves, we had done so many things to each other, and that affected everybody, but we came to this place of forgiveness and steps to forgiveness, and it changed my life forever. I would not be the person that I am right now if I would have kept holding on to the past and to the narrative. And so this right here helps us with that, and, and let's read through it real quick. It says, Lord, I choose to forgive, and I want you right now, right now, the Lord's already been working on you guys, so, so Lord, I choose to forgive. Put the name of the person right there that, that, that's, that's keeping you stuck. If there's anybody that, that, that something's happened to you, Lord, I choose to forgive. Name the person for what they did or they failed to do. Lord, they, 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 they left me. They abandoned me. They divorced my mom. They, 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 they hurt me. They, they did all that. Whatever it is for what they did for you. Because it made me feel, you could put abandoned. It made me feel all alone. It made me feel shameful. Don't excuse it. Don't say, you know what? They really didn't know what they were doing. Don't, don't do that. Let God visit that damaged emotion in your life. Let him go down to the core. Let him take out the cancer of your unforgiveness. Write this down right here. And, and we got time right now. There should be some music playing right now. There should be some, some, some beautiful, there should be something beautiful coming out so that forgiveness will be easy. I got to forgive Art because he's supposed to be your... He was supposed to be here five minutes ago. Give me a pen. Please bring me a pen. Lord, I forgive Art for not, for not coming out earlier because it made me feel abandoned. But I love him. Now, this is important. Guys, this, is, this, is, this is a God time. This is really, I don't want you to leave here stuck. Okay? Lord, I choose to forgive whatever that, that person is. Maybe it's yourself. Lord, I choose to forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for, for how I've lived my life. Because it made me feel like if I was not worthy. It made me feel like if I'm shameful. It made me feel like all these different things. Do that if that's you. And then put this, the, the, we're going to read this scripture together. You can read it by yourself with God. Lord, I choose not to hold on to my resentment. I thank you for setting me free from the bondage of bitterness. I relinquish my right to seek revenge and ask you to heal my damaged emotions. I now ask you to bless those who have hurt me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, now I want you guys to take some time right now and please do me a favor. Don't let this time, don't, don't let this, this moment go, just... Don't let it go. Don't let it fade. Deal with whatever needs to be dealt with because this is so important to your life. It's so important to your life. And then when you, when you, when you write down and you, and you deal with it, then you do this before we leave today. You do this. You do this. You do this. It's been dealt with. And there, there's trash cans that are set up in the back for you guys right now, right in the, in the aisles. There's trash cans. I, I say this by faith, that there's trash cans that are set up there. In fact, the trash cans are behind the, the counters, just so you know. 
and you walk out today and you put this resentment and bitterness and what they've done to you, you put it in the trash where it belongs. And you walk away free and you turn the narrative in your life instead of living in bitterness, in hate and anger and slander, you stop talking about it and you give it to God and you receive the freedom of Christ. You see, the truth of Jesus sets us free from all the lies that the devil tries to put in our lives that you could never forgive. You can forgive. It's a hard choice. It's a choice that Jesus made for you. You can forgive. It's not that you're gonna forget. Jesus didn't forget your sins. God is omniscient. He chooses not to remember them anymore. He chooses not to bring them up anymore. Did you know that? You can't say God forgets anything. God is God. He's all-knowing. But he chooses not to bring these accounts anymore. Let me tell you, when you forgive, it's done. When the devil comes and says, look at what they've done to you, you say, you know what? It's already been dealt with. Away with you, devil. I'm not bound to that anymore. I'm not bound to that damage of unforgiveness. I'm set free through the blood of Jesus.
we just thank you for your grace, God. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that you've given us. And as we go throughout the week, I just pray that we're able to forgive those that have, uh, have hurt us. Go in his love. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you.